The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if you're following along with us, we're going to be in the book of Psalms, chapter number nine this morning. Chapter nine, as we continue, again, it's going to be uh, section by section as we look at different parts of the book of Psalms and break down different aspects of it. And I just really want to be an encouragement. I think the book of Psalms has always been encouragement to me and uh, always been encouragement uh, in the times that, well, just times, just times we need it. And uh, so I hope it is to you as well. So we'll look at Psalm chapter nine this morning. It says this, Psalm nine, verse one. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all my marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. But thou hast maintained my rights and my cause. Thou statest in the throne, judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end, and thou hast destroyed cities. The memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also shall be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in the times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hath not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When I look at just the first half of Psalm chapter 9, basically what I end up seeing is I see that David is, is some similarities. He's praising the Lord. He's talking about his enemies. Uh, but he really breaks up in here. We get to see about three different aspects of how uh, David, the psalmist, describes the Lord in this passage. And so the first thing he talks about his relationship to the Lord in verse 1, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. So he, before he even gets into the enemies, he just starts talking about, I will praise the Lord. You know, I think it's intriguing. And by the way, I know that it's, it's David, the psalmist, writing this, but we're reminded that it's under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, excuse me, that he's writing this. And so I look at this and I, I don't see a mistake and how it's worded. And so before he gets into enemies and before he gets into any battles, he starts with talking about how he will praise the Lord, how he will focus his attention. And I will say, actually, when you go into the original Lord's Prayer, we call it, I, I personally don't believe that the Lord's Prayer was established for us just to quote exactly what's in Scripture. I think God gave us the Lord's Prayer to give us a breakdown of different aspects of Scripture that, or aspects of our prayer. So he starts off, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, and so it's not necessarily just to say, hallowed be thy name. What he's saying is, Lord, I want to praise you, and I'm going to start my prayer in worship. Uh, I think when we start worship, what worship does, uh, when we start in, in our prayer time and a lot of, even in church on Sunday, before we get to preaching and things we talk, worship, it places God back in his, right, in his rightful place in our life. And we know that God doesn't move from his rightful place, but we can easily place, um, we can put other things in that place. Let me explain what I mean by that. He, he is God, he is sovereign, he's powerful. Having said that, 
we, where do we allow him to be? Do we allow him to be that place of sovereignty, which means he guides and directs and what he says goes? Do, you know, he is powerful. So we look back, can we trust him? Can we continue to trust him? And we know we can, but are we going to? Um, when things seem to be falling apart in life, do we exalt him for his marvelous works? Do we get frustrated because just as it seem like things are going our way? Really what I'm talking about is where do we view God today? And it can happen, you know, on a Sunday when God has really spoken to our hearts to the preaching, boy, we follow God. When, we, when God does a miracle and he answers a prayer, man, we exalt his name, don't we? When things seem to fall apart, we get on our knees and we say, Lord, where are you? Why aren't you doing something? So one of the things that I believe is if we, if we can continue to, in our minds, worship the Lord, allowing him to be where he is right, and, and place him in that place of power and majesty in our lives, it allows us to view all the other different circumstances differently. It allows us to view our financial circumstances, our health circumstances, and all the battles in life. It allows us to view those things appropriately. So he starts off with praising him with my whole heart. I will let people, I will show thy works. I will let people know about all thy wonderful works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee and sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. And so he starts really just getting his heart ready and his worship to God. But then he does talk about his enemies. And he says, when my enemies, verse 3, are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. And so he says, you have already dealt with my enemies. My enemies are really not for me to worry about. They're for you to worry about. And you've already dealt with that. And so he, he brags on the fact that God's in control and he will deal with the enemies. He says then, verse 5, thou hast rebuked the heathen, thou hast destroyed the wicked, thou hast put out their name forever and ever. And he, he starts and he says, you have already dealt with this. Verse 6, O thou enemy, thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. Verse 7, the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. Really what you see there is it's less, again, less about the enemy and more about God. When we think about our circumstances, we think about the battles, whether the enemy of Satan or other people in our lives used of Satan to cause grief. And we think about sometimes just our circumstances. We look at all of it and we see to ourselves, he, here he speaks less about our enemy and the power that the enemy has. And he focuses his attention on God. And he focuses his attention on the goodness and the great and the judgment and the fact that God sits on his throne. And this is where uh, God, G David, excuse me, places his attention. And so he starts starts with worship and then in, in, as he focuses on his enemies, he really focuses on the power of God. And listen, God's going to take care of my enemies. And today we would say God's going to take care of my circumstances. He's going to take care of this situation. He, he's going to walk with me through these dark times. But he also says in verse 9, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in the times of trouble. They that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Notice it says in verse 10, they that know thy name. He starts off with the idea that those people who, re today we would say those who put their trust in Jesus, who recognize the name of Jesus for what it is. It's not a just, just a religious name. It, it's not just a spiritual name. This is Jesus God Almighty. And for those of us who have placed our trust in the name of Jesus, we understand what that means. It, it means so much to us. It means our eternal security, our eternal soul. It means that we go to prayer and we know that he, in his name, intercedes for us in, the, in, in, in behalf of God. And we understand so much of what that means. And so because of that, we can take refuge 
in his name. So he starts off praising, he talks about the enemies, the battles, the circumstances, and he says, you know, you are the Holy One. You are the one that deals with my enemies, but you're also one that I can find refuge in. I love the, I love the term refuge. In the Old Testament, there was what was many what was called a city of refuge. And literally, it was a unique circumstance as laws were in the Old Testament times. What would happen is if you committed a crime, and let's say, and frankly, what it came down to is some, a lot of it was like an accidentally you, you did something, um, you hurt somebody, stole, maybe did it on purpose. But what would happen is that the family members of the person you were hurt had every legal right to create ret- retribution on you. If you killed somebody in their family, they had every legal right to kill you. Eye for an eye is really, really what they took seriously. And so um, you then could go, the only place you could get away is to go hide in these cities of refuge. In these cities of refuge, you were high. These people were not allowed to come in. And until that person passed away, you could stay there and safe. And there's a lot more detail behind it, but that's basically what it comes down to. And, and so that refuge was in spite of what I've done, in spite of the fact that I'm not perfect, in spite of the fact that I have things in my life that, man, I wish I could get better, but I still struggle with. He is my refuge. I come. I don't come acting perfect. I don't come like I've never had problems. I come with all of the sin and all of the battles and all the things that I wish that I wouldn't do, and he still offers me refuge just like a criminal would in the Old Testament. And I look at that today, and I thank the Lord for his refuge, and I love that. My wife and I always said that growing up, with our kids growing up, one of our desires was that we would be, our home would be a refuge from the world. You know, there's going to be conflict already, just in general, with life and things of that nature. Then we come home, we work, we work we work hard every day and every week and every month, even when we're trying to deal with circumstances to state that we're not gonna let these things cause conflict. We wanted to have a house of refuge uh, from the home, from the world so that when they wanna come home, they'd find comfort when they come home. And that's what we strive every day. And I wish I could say it was perfect, but that's what we strive for. And I know for me, I love going home because it's just a place of refuge from all of the chaos of the world. We, you know, Many of you know what I'm talking about. You find the same thing in your own home. And I, I, I know we can find that in Jesus. And it's, this is where, this is more than just religion, more than just church. I can come, no matter my good, my bad, my ugly, all what's going on in my life, and I find refuge in Him. And that is truly, I hope, what you find today, no matter what you're going through, no matter the battles, no matter how Satan's trying to beat you up from it, that you find refuge in Jesus.